So they set up a special committee on a way to strategically not ratify those 18 treaties, mm. all 18 treaties. And, you know, those treaties just disappeared. Welcome to the Historical Wisdom Podcast, where we share stories of health, healing, medicine, and the histories that frame Native American experience, particularly for tribes and Native people in Riverside and San Bernardino Counties, California. Each segment will explore different aspects of what historical trauma means to Native American communities and the healthcare providers who serve them. We share this knowledge with you from the perspective that to understand the history and strengths of Native Americans and how policy and institutions of medicine work, we can improve the delivery of healthcare and human well-being. For Chihun Piyonkinach, a Gathering of Good Minds project, I'm Juliet McMullen, and we share with you historical wisdom. Today we're going to talk about the Treaty of Temecula with Sean Milanovich. Before we start our conversation, we just want to acknowledge today on Memorial Day that almost 100,000 people have passed away from COVID-19. And, you know, along with everything that's happened, this is a moment to reflect and remember what's been happening uh, to our world and to our relationships and how we continue to work to connect, to talk with each other, to support each other. Like so much of what is being shared with us during the podcast, this will be a moment that we remember um, that could contribute to unresolved grief, but also contribute to how we come out of the pandemic in a different way, being supportive of each other and um, recognizing our connections. We've been sharing a lot about history with our listeners. And of course, that's sort of implied. (laughs) That's implied in the name of the podcast. Uh, But it's not just about history. This is all about the relationships that are produced by the interactions that we have with each other, with the environment, And those interactions continue to inform the way that people come to trust institutions and the people who represent those institutions. And so we share again with you so that we can collaboratively consider how the legacies of these interactions inform the delivery of healthcare, inform the relationships with healthcare providers, and with the medical system. And we're also sharing this episode with Sean Milanovich with you to continue to support the connections between people and the environment, and particularly the history and environment with the tribes in Riverside County. Welcome to the Historical Wisdom Podcast. And today we're talking with Sean Milanovich. Miyahwe umum emem, nenet to Sean Milanovich. Nehen sahina, nehen sahina. Good morning. My name is Sean Milanovich, and I am a member of the Agua Caliente Band of Cuya Indians, which is about 65 miles east of Riverside. Yes, I am a um, doctoral candidate here at UCR in Native American history 
and I'm researching the Treaty of Temecula, but I'm also an engaged community, tribal community member within the greater Cahuilla, Serrano, Chemawavi, Luceno community here in Southern California. And um, I will be sharing some songs today. I will be also talking about some, some history, a little bit of history. I will be also talking about some of the culture of, of the tribal people here. But before I begin, I'd like to um, start off with, with one of our, our, our bird songs. Wele yunka, ikwasi yunka, awele yunka, wele yunka, ikwasi yunka, awele yunka, wele yunka, ikwasi yunka, awele yunka, wele 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 yunka, ikwasi yunka, awele yunka, wele 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 yunka, ikwasi yunka. the importance of sharing that at the beginning of our conversation as well as the importance of the bird song for for Kawea people. Yes, so bird songs, you know, traditionally the bird songs, they tell the the story and the migrations of our people. And we we sing these songs at at festive occasions also when we're asked to perform, we use these songs to to open up the house. Mm. Our power comes from the, these songs and th- the songs give us power. The songs legitimize who we are and legitimize our connection and, and our sovereign rights to the land. Yeah, so the, re- recognizing that connection with the land and the environment and your histories is, is part of what we're acknowledging here, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Your other area of knowledge gathering has been around a lot of the treaties and the ways that they've affected from bird songs and the migrations and the movement of people and land rights of Kahuilla people. Uh, can you share with us a little bit of some of your research that you're working on right now? You mentioned that it was particularly around the Treaty of Temecula. Yes, the, um, well, the, the Treaty of Temecula was signed by 27 representatives, tribal representatives, who signed the treaty. And this treaty was signed on January 5th, 1852. And a lot was going on in California at that time and California was being inundated with thousands of, of people there was a lot of miners coming in mm-hmm. into California people were set, settling on on native land but you know the native person though they weren't citizens of, of this country mm-hmm. until 1924 and because they were not citizens they they had no rights and because they had no rights the, the invaders, the settlers, w- w- would come in and, and take their land. Mm-hmm. They would remove th- the native person. And even before California w- was settled, 
this practice of removing the native from the land had been the practice of, of the United States for, you know, since its creation. And, and so there's this long practice of marginalizing Native peoples. When the invaders arrived in, in California, there was no second thought about taking the land from, from the Native people. They recognized that Native peoples had a right to occupy the land, but they never really saw the, the Native person as owning the land. And so when Mexico came in in, in 1824, a treaty was developed, the, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. And in that treaty, the Mexican government recognized the Native people as occupiers of, of the land. Even Me the, the Mexican government did not recognize Native peoples as owning the land, but they recognized them as occupying the land. And so this was written in, into the treaty mm -hmm. it, itself. So right, right from the beginning, the Native person is absent from making in, any decisions about being on the land or even ha having a voice. Did Native people even think about owning the land? That's a good question. Well, you know, we are the original people on this land. We're the created ones. And this land was given to us by our, by our creators. We were to um, manage and care for this land for e eternity. So we've been doing that, you know, since time immemorial. But for the Native person as really owning the land, I don't know if ownership is the right word to use. We really saw ourselves as the managers mm -hmm. and caretakers. Yeah. And so Treaty of Guadalupe was in 1848. So after 1848, the United States brought in its its army, mm. it, its military forces to clear away, to clear the land away for American settlers. After Right after they crossed the Colorado River in, into what became California, they started burning down the native villages mm -hmm. and they kept this practice up you know all the way up through the Treaty of Temecula and Treaty of Temecula was signed mm -hmm. only five years later and just right before that that treaty was signed uh, a great massacre had had occurred the villages were burned in, in Coyote Canyon and they burned the villages down they attacked the people early in the morning mm -hmm. and a lot of people lost their lives and after that massacre, no one ever returned to those villages. But what did come out of it, leaders were, were told to come to this treaty of peace signing over in Temecula. Mm -hmm. What was the treaty supposed to the treaty, promise them? So the way it was, the Native peoples were supposed to recognize first that the United States was the supreme authority in the land. And I know they did not agree to that. Yeah. The other, other thing was they said that they would or relinquish control of some of their lands, a majority of their land, and some of the places that they had occupied for a large reservation. And in exchange, they would receive education. There would be um, doctors. They would receive farming instruction. Yeah. But also, there was they were supposed to receive uh, annuities for in, in the future. And all this was in exchange that the tribes would relinquish their control of all of these lands here in Southern California, mm -hmm. you know, for a reservation that they all would have to move to and, and live on. So all, all the tribes signed. By you know, gunpoint. By gunpoint. They signed, and they had hoped for the best. I don't think mm -hmm. that they really believed them. Mm -hmm. And 
by that following March, two months later, of 1852, California legislation, they said, this is crazy. What, we're going to give all this land to the Indian people? No way. So they set up a special committee on a way to strategically not ratify those 18 treaties, mm. all 18 treaties. And, you know, those treaties just disappeared. And were the people ever told what the, happened? The, peop- the Native people, no. N- none of the tri- tribal leaders ever heard anything ab- about the non-ratification of, of the treaties. You know, so that was in 1852, and it wasn't until 1876, 24 years later, that reservations were, were, were set aside. In the meantime, the miners, the, the settlers, the, um, the ranchers just took over all the land, the water, and there was no way to appeal, mm-hmm. no, no one to talk to. Well, everything's been sort of disrupted from, like you said, from the Spaniards to the treaties and that, that kind of trust, too, that even though it was by gunpoint, there was some kind of hope that the United States would abide by what they had promised. But with the Treaty of Temecula, you know, we had hoped that it was a, a treaty a, a, of peace. That's what we were told. And we were also told that the government would protect us. Mm. The government never protected our, our people. It was on November 13th, 1849, California legislation created this act. It's an act for the protection and government of the Indian here in, in California. This law was detrimental to all Native peoples. Mm. This law allowed slavery to persist. It allowed... Um, the killing of people. It allowed for um, removal of of the Native people. It made it so a Native person could not just stand around. If a Native person was just seen standing around, they could be taken into custody by the justice and then made to work. This law provided a labor source for the the white man. It was murder. Mm -hmm. It it was genocide. Mm -hmm. And we're dealing with, with trauma now. And that trauma has been in our families for like eight, nine generations, mm-hmm. and it's it still affects us today. Mm-hmm. But today we still, I mean, there's still a lot of things that that we do have today. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was singing the songs. One of the most important things that we have today in our in our culture is is our songs, and our songs remind us of our connection to the land. They remind us of our language that you don't hear too much in, anymore. Is there anything else you think that we should know or anything else you want to share with us? One of my, my instructors, one of my teachers, my uncle, Alvino Siva, that's what Alvino would say. It means we get our power from our songs. Aloha for listening to Historical Wisdom. We trust that it will help you as you care for yourself and others. Additional wisdom and references about historical trauma, as well as our curriculum and activities, can be found on our website, gogm.live. Aloha to Sean Milanovich for sharing the opening and closing bird song. The podcast was produced by Juliet McMullen and our Chihun Piyunk Inach Steering Committee 
and edited by Catherine Rodriguez and Wyatt Kelly. Content was developed in conversation with community members and our Chihun Piyunk Inach Steering Committee that include Sherry Salgado, Luella Thornton, Julie Andrews, Holly Bronner, Veronica Espinoza, Jonelle John, Michelle Opsal, Gina Hughes, Catherine Rodriguez, Anne Cheney, Kendall Shumway, Wyatt Kelly, Sean Milanovich, Amanda Marquez, Laureen Siswa, Clifford Traxer, and Jackie Wise Spirit. The Historical Wisdom Podcast is funded through an, an engagement award from the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute. Aloha from the Chihun Piyunk Inach Project, www.gogm.live. <laughs>